0: All right. Sticks down. Drop the puck. Oh, no, forget that. The game's over. We're done. (laughs) Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights enjoying their first day uh, of the title today. Uh, The Stanley Cup made its way around uh, the Strip last night, and it's been uh, doing a couple of little tours today. We've got the parade date set. Uh, A lot uh, to get to in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millard in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, and Ryan Wallace out of the Oyo Hotel and Casino as we check in with Ed Graney uh, from... The Press Box over on ESPN and, of course, uh, the uh, Review Journal. And he's been uh, covering this franchise from the original talk of a ticket drive to Stanley Cup presentation last night. What were your feelings, uh, Ed?
1: How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm uh, a little sad today. I'll tell you why. I, I totally embraced the moment, but I realized after. You and I getting to hang out or be in the same sphere every day and being able to do our fist bumps, our hugs, and and catch up <laughs> with each other—it it, it it came to an end last night. Now, yeah. it, it was worth it because uh, they won the championship. But I, I realized that last night.
1: Well, we'll see each other soon, uh, mm. probably Saturday at, a, at the big parade. Yep, yeah. probably at the big parade. <laughs> no, I thought um, I thought last night was really cool. You know, uh, you're right from the from the ticket. Ticket bind uh, thing they had for, for season ticket holders to the night that Bill uh, introduced the nickname and the whole playoffs and three and cup and six and, and all that to, to now it's it's remarkable um, that it happened this fast and you know as well as anyone how how amazing it is to happen in six years for an expansion franchise but um, really thought about those misfits uh, those guys who've been here all six years um, I'm glad you know I'm glad after Mark Stone uh, had had the Stanley Cup he, he he passed it on to them because uh, they have been here for the whole duration. And uh, just remember um, just remember how that team, you know, took to this city after the shooting. And I give Bill a lot of credit for that because he, I think, was the one who really was the impetus behind getting those guys out in the community, meeting this community, growing a bond with them. And I don't think anything will ever be like it. I know we have other teams here now, and that's great. And other teams coming, uh, for you know, I think for sure now. Um, but I don't think there'll ever be a relationship uh, with a team that this town has like the, like the Golden Knights.
0: I'm not sure that it was ever going to be able to outshine your number one. Like, anything. Uh, but the way this group went about it, and, and the the different facets of it, uh, a new coach, Jack Eichel coming in, uh, still with a blend of the old one, uh, did, they, did they finally oversee uh jump over that that baton
1: yeah i think they finally got over the hump right um and you know bruce brought in a new perspective a fresh perspective and i mean you guys know the systems as well as anyone and what he did on the ice but uh i think you know uh, how he handled them um i think he you know when he needed to say something he said it to them i remember shay theodore telling me last week you know he goes, sometimes it sucks Because, you know, you're told the truth, but, you you know, that's his job. He just wants to make everyone the best player that they can be. Um, So I thought that was kind of an interesting comment, you know, that um, that's what Bruce does. Uh, And I think he should be given a ton of credit. Um, You know, I've written it a lot. I've written in the past. I didn't agree with him letting Pete go. But I think you can have it both ways. Like, I think you can disagree with something and then on the other side say, you know, that Bruce Cassidy did an amazing, terrific job. Like, I don't think one has to be you know, the other. You can have it both ways um, in terms of, you know, how you view things, how you think about things. But um, he's done a marvelous job, and I think he deserves a ton of credit for how not only how this team played, but how it handled itself, um, you know, in the community, um, on and off the ice. Uh, you don't hear about things with these guys. You know, I mean, it's a great room. They obviously all have great feelings about each other when you talk to them and they talk to them about other people in the room so um i think a ton of credit needs to go to cassidy
0: ryan
2: you know you you mentioned the room and i mean obviously we were here year one we know how close how tight that room was and you know when you bring up the misfits you bring up those six players that are here from that first year and setting the foundation for the way that you want that room to be run, for the way that you want the team to be inclusive and feel like a legitimate brotherhood, and you kind of get to this point here five years later where this team might have been even tighter than that year one team. Can you explain how the Golden Knights have been able to have that continuity of just being a team that loves to play with one another and loves to spend time together?
1: I mean, I think it's just, you have good people. Um, These guys are are all good guys, it seems like. And and like you said, Ryan, they love playing with each other and how they approach their daily jobs and how they approach their lives. Um, You know, I I just think that, you know, the the camaraderie they've shown, and you're right, that first year, again, I'll go back to all the stuff that happened off the ice with the town, um, that was going to be hard not to be close to each other. Um, You know, we had a quote from Alec Martinez last night saying, you know, they came into a new town, a new building, Um, a new organization, new faces. Um, I don't know. I don't know this for a fact. I don't know how many of those guys had been to Las Vegas. Probably a great number of them. Maybe maybe some had never been to Las Vegas. Um, But once they grew that bond together, um, it stuck. And, you know, I mean, look, I mean, you know this. um, There are some very popular names that they moved on from. Um, I was thinking about that last night because, uh, you know, the management got a hard time for that. Um and I'll say this, like they've they've always done everything possible to win. And you know, Bill Foley's an owner that gives the resources and and just wants to win. And if you're a fan of the team, you can't ask for anything else. You know, you have an owner willing to give resources, you have management willing to make hard decisions on very, very popular players on the on in that organization. And I know some fans got caught up in that and, and did not like some of the ones they moved on from, but you know, uh, look what the fruition was last night and what, what, it, what it came to in terms of winning the Stanley Cup. So I think there's some validation. Um, I think there's some people in management who feel validation today. Um, I don't know if they would say that. Um, I don't know if that's something they want to get into. But I think behind closed doors, there's probably, you know, a, a good feeling from them that they, you know, they did what it was needed to win. And that's what all that's what pro sports is about. It's about winning and doing whatever you need to do to win.
0: You know who would say it uh, was four callers in our first segment of Hour Number One who openly apologized and said they were wrong. They were emotional about some of the moves that management made with players. And now, with the championship uh, within the grasp of the and and the Stanley Cup being paraded down uh, the Las Vegas Strip, uh, that they they uh, see where those moves were coming from, and I thought that was an interesting take from from the fan base.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting take. And it, it, you know, again, you go back to that first year, and you guys are hockey experts, and it was a town that you know. A lot of people, you know, kind of grew on the game. A lot of people probably had never followed it, but because they got into the community and grew that bond quickly, I don't think that's what mattered. That wasn't the main thing. It was more the bond that they grew with those players, uh, more so than, hey, do you know what's happening on the ice right now? You know, Riley spent the quote the other day about his parents saying, you know, boy, they were clapping just to clap. You know, and that was early on. And I think over time people, you know, who have been engaged with this team have really learned a lot about the game and wanted to learn more about the game. But I don't think that was the, you know, I don't think that was the biggest thing in the beginning. I think the biggest thing was that they needed, and this town needed an outlet to have something good happen to it. And those guys were, you know, what happened. And so when you fall in love with a team like that, you fall in love with a Marc Andre Fleur, You fall in love with a Nate Schmidt, You fall in love with these guys. And it's tough when they move on because if you haven't been around pro sports, and you know, obviously that was the first pro sports team to come here. If you haven't gone through that, if you haven't experienced that. It can be tough when they move on from those guys. So I am glad, though, to hear what your caller said because I think it's, you know, you lend yourself the perspective later on uh, now that they've won what it really meant for them to try to build a winner for the town.
3: Brian.
2: You know, you, you mentioned the word validation, and I, I was thinking about it in maybe a different direction. I think the validation for the National Hockey League for choosing to come to Vegas and validation for the city for proving that, that they would support a team. Here in the desert for hockey, and and it ultimately culminates in a championship. How how validating is this for the National Hockey League and for the community of Las Vegas?
1: It's enormously validating. I think you're exactly right, Ryan. I mean, I think you know there were skeptics when they came here. Would it ever work? I know you know people tweet that out. You know it's never going to work. And you know now, obviously, you know in saying that, um, you know it did work to the highest degree. So. That's a great point, but I do think it validated the city. I do think it validated a town that could show it could support a major league, you know, professional sports franchise. It could get behind one and have one of if not the best fan bases in the entire NHL um, and certainly one of the best atmospheres in the entire NHL. So it did validate all that, and I think it validated, like you said, it validated for the league also because I, I don't know if there's trepidation or not because they did give him the team and they did come here. But there might have been something in the background where they were really hoping, boy, we really hope this works. You know, I mean, because it hadn't been done in in this town before. So, um, you know, I think I always thought, and I think you guys probably thought that hockey would be the first in, kind of dip their toes in um, if anyone was going to come. And and that's what what happened. And I think today, uh, you know, Gary Bettman last night, talking about how he talked to the fans afterwards, um, he had to feel a lot of that validation also as he sat there and gave the cup to Bill Foley's team.
4: I
0: think the validation was the National Football League coming, uh, because uh, they watch somebody be successful in Las Vegas. Uh, but the overall success is the Stanley Cup uh, and, and watching an expansion team, the way they change the rules, and, and helping an expansion team win. Ed Grany's with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the B G K Insider Show. Before we let you go, uh, we, we had some different moments throughout. Always fun, but the game that went to overtime in Florida. And Ed's looking at me, and I'm trying to talk him through it because uh, of deadlines, and, and I'm trying to help him get through that that uh, that moment. That was one of my favorite. Vegas uh, uh, didn't end up winning that game, but it ended up being one of those things that was stuck in my head as the as the game went beyond regulation, and Ed's fighting deadline.
1: Yes, as I walked into that room, you could see on my face it was not good. Nope. Um, and you know you know, that's who I root for most. I root for fast deadlines. Um, there's nothing like them that you get in on deadline. But I did like you trying to calm me down in a manner that only you can with me and, and trying to make it that it was going to be okay. And, and it was uh, it was a fast overtime, which it was. helped us out a lot. Um, you know, I, I think you would have seen more emotion had it gone a full overtime and then gone into a second one. There would have been bad emotions, but... I appreciate you being there for me in that in that very troubling time of (laughs) trying to get a column written on deadline with overtime.
0: I told Ed here it's a win win. Okay, if if Vegas wins, you got a great story. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If if Vegas loses, they go first in their availability, so you'll be able to get your deadline. So as 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 a writer, uh, Las Vegas uh, writer, Ed's positioned pretty well, and we just we got through it. threw it together, so that, that was one together. of my cool moments, uh, and the fist bump. Fist bump to you, buddy. Uh, I'll talk to you in the morning.
1: Take care you guys. I really appreciate you. Be good.
0: Uh, Ed uh, and Take the boys care. will have uh, Bruce from Summerlin on their uh, morning show tomorrow on, on the Press Box over on ESPN. Nice. So that's awesome. Uh, let's uh, get into some sound from last night. Uh, caught up with a few of the guys post-game, after the team picture and the presentation of the Stanley Cup. Uh Here's Keaton Kolasar on being a Stanley Cup champion.
4: How are you feeling right now? Speechless. This is the best feeling in the world. I don't even know where the cup is. I can't even see it. But my God. I can't wait to kiss it. What were you thinking when you carried it around? This thing's heavy. This thing's very heavy. (laughs) I can't wait to drink beer out of it. Was it heavier than you ever imagined? Or was it about the same? Thinking about it. And then when you lift it up, feels pretty light what was the was there something that you thought of or was it just blank and in the moment thought about my old man yeah he passed away three years ago from COVID and I know he'd be jumping up and down for everyone here and I just look up and just know he's looking down and you know I'm, I'm so proud I could do this and I know he'd be proud of me too Keegan what would you say to him right now did, would you ever believe it? Do you believe it? It's hard to believe still, but yeah, I believe it now. I'm proud of you, buddy! Congratulations! Thank you very much.
0: Keegan Colas, our post-game last night uh, after the uh, championship performance by the Vegas School tonight, nine three was the final and yeah, uh, yeah. that that's one of the things that kind of gets overshadowed as we go deeper into the celebration and the party and the uh, the stanley cup uh parade that's going to be saturday night at seven o'clock on the las vegas strip uh, starting starting flamingo and then ending up at the toshiba plaza but it was a complete dismantling in the clinching game
2: yeah it was a no doubter i mean it was as dominant a performance as we have seen in this playoff uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights. And you know what, it, it was, it, it got close there for a minute and then it wasn't close at all. And the Golden Knights completely took the game over, broke it wide open in the second period. That, that 10 minute stretch where they put four goals in, attack, attack, attack. They were just the better team throughout the entire series. And the fact that they were able to put a nine spot up in a clinching game for the Stanley Cup gives you an idea of just how deep this team was.
0: Did you think the con Smythe was going to go in the direction that it did with Jonathan Marchessault? <laughs> and so, I ask you that yeah, because yeah. Eichel put up three points, mm-hmm. Mark Stone scores a hat trick, yep. it and Marchessault was the favorite from a local perspective going in. I still had Eichel nationally, but in talking to some of the writers, that uh, that was closer than than I had it. Uh, where did it? where was the final decision uh, compared to where you expected it to go
2: so i i actually thought that given the fact that he had had two goals and was really really good um at the time that the votes were were being cast had to be in i I thought it was going to go mark stone just because i i I look at mark stone his final was phenomenal he was so good and then you know you 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 have the idea that maybe, maybe he could get that hat trick. I just kind of thought in the moment, based on the game that he had, it, it would lean toward Mark Stone. Uh, but I, I'm not mad at all. Like I, I think Jonathan marsh is as deserving as as Mark Stone would have been or Jack Eichel would have been. And that's the beauty of the Vegas Golden Knights is uh, they they legitimately had three or four guys that you could see in that spot. And I, I don't think you'd be mad at any of them. You
0: no, know, there there was no wrong decision.
2: Yeah, absolutely
0: there. It was which story you really bought into, and Mark Stone made it a a three book trilogy. Yeah, essentially, it was interesting. And you can—I know people have put in votes and said, "Well, if this this happens, or the game winner." Uh, Will be if the game winner is this person. If it's going to overtime, uh, they'll put little bit uh, riders on it uh, or explanations uh, to it. And I I know that there is a couple that said hat trick. Uh, Mark Stone moves up into this position in and, and the final voting. Uh, it uh, it was fascinating to watch and and go through it. And and when Mark went up and and accepted that trophy, I'm with I'm with John a hundred percent and taking that around. And then there was the passing at through the players, and the order that it went, and and misfits. And there's a couple of passes uh, of the cup. One, uh, Alec Martinez to Jonathan Quick, I thought was a really cool moment. And then Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud. And the connection between those two was was fitting that, that it went through. And I don't know how much. They talk about it I know that Stone told Riley that he was going to be the guy and Riley told Marsh so that he was going to be the next and initially uh, they, they knew which order and but that came up like late in the game where they were they were telling the other guy okay I'm getting it after Mark and I'm gonna pass it to you uh, uh, I don't know how deep it goes but I just thought those connections between uh, Martinez and quick and Heg and uh, White cloud was great
2: yeah it was it was I, I think perfect right like you you talk about the fact that mark stone gets it first and and just how much this franchise has has grown and developed and and the trajectory when you make that trade for mark stone how franchise altering it is uh, I, I love the moment for mark but then the the understanding of the the foundation of the vegas golden knights it's riley smith john of William Carlson, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore, Will Carrier, those six players that were there at the beginning that are still there now that, that have set uh, in many ways the tone. I, I love the handoffs. I love the fact that that was uh, the the key moment, uh, coupled with Bruce and his decision to start five out of the six and, and, and having to apologize to Will Carrier for not being able to find a way to get him into that uh, that opening uh opening uh, lineup there and you know from there i i mean i'm not gonna lie alec martinez handing off to jonathan quick that's one of the coolest things i could ever see in person um and it was fantastic and you know i i i'm with you everything about it it was just phenomenal
0: Get uh, some more reaction. Nick Haig, uh, talked to him last night. Brad Howden as well. We'll get uh, their takes. and uh, Trust me, there's, there's no more swearing. You don't have to worry about uh, that. There's no, there's no more of that. Uh, but uh, we'll get to uh, more reaction and just some analysis, uh, overviews of what we saw last night. Alec Martinez, there's a cool connection uh, to uh, what he did last night, uh, to his past. As we continue with one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
4: Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show. One
0: timers uh, presented by Paul Padilla. Uh We have a great show coming uh, through the end of the season, uh, through the Lead up to the draft, uh, a lot of rec- uh, reflection on the Stanley Cup and uh, then looking forward to what's going to happen in free agency. But uh, the next couple of days will be all about this championship for a good reason. Uh, the parade is going to take place on Saturday in uh, Las Vegas with the start and over at Flamingo and then the end on Toshiba Plaza, and it's a 7 o'clock start time for the parade. So plan accordingly. Uh, go to VegasGoldenights.com and uh, check out all the information there and uh, what time you'll be able to get to places and uh, and set up and, and enjoy that. But uh, it it's one of those things where we've all wondered about what it's going to be like. <laughs> and uh, I actually never thought of a night parade, uh, but yeah. uh, that's going to be uniquely Vegas.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's 100% unique to Vegas. And uh, again, if you were going to try to encapsulate this city, encapsulate uh, the beauty of Vegas, the mystique of Vegas, the uniqueness of Las Vegas, uh, I can't think of a better way to do it than a, a night parade with all of the neon, all of the lights, and, and just being being a little bit different than everybody else.
0: Look at what Vegas did in closeout games Mm -hmm. and against winnipeg edmonton and florida they ended at the first try which is really telling Mm -hmm. but the scores in those closeout games between the jets dismantling and the only reason that was even uh, a it, third period of interest at all is because Winnipeg played without its goaltender virtually for seven minutes yeah uh, Edmonton had a push in the third period but Vegas was in great situation uh no contest against Dallas when they eventually closed them out in the sixth game and and last night for the more impressive games that we've seen from Vegas all year and they all coincided to be series clinchers
2: yeah I, I think that you know it, it's one of the things and you know, Dan and I kind of talked about it the M.O. for the Golden Knights is when they had an, an opportunity to close out and you know Dallas is, is maybe a little bit different but when they had an opportunity to close out a series they generally speaking put it away they they left no doubt as to what was going to happen and I, I just think that that speaks to a team that understood what they were there to do it, it, it kind of again harkens back to the chip on your shoulder whatever you want to call it this team had their best outings, their best efforts, their best games when it mattered most and I think that that's a credit to Bruce Cassidy, it's a credit to the players uh, and it's a credit to understanding what they were trying to accomplish and that's a Stanley Cup.
0: So you've got uh, uh, against the Winnipeg Jets when you walk through it game by game and this 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 will really spell it out 4-1, yep. you eliminate the Winnipeg Jets, uh, you eliminate them in five games and then you, you win the, uh, the final game 4-1. Against Edmonton the uh, the clincher was five two, so now you're up to to a total of nine three in the in clinching games.
2: Yeah,
0: Dallas was six nothing. Yeah, so you're at fifteen three head to head. Yeah, cumulative score in clinching games.
1: Yeah,
0: fifteen three, and you cap it off with a nine three could have gone either way <laughs> performance in in the Stanley Cup final first time anybody scored 9 goals in yeah. in a clinching game in a Stanley Cup final and you get to 24 to 6 in clinching games total yeah, yeah. that's mind boggling the ability to just lock it down in that situation and be able to close it out by taking control was one of the more impressive parts of a depth performance from this team and they they trailed once in the entire playoffs, and that was after game number one against Winnipeg, and didn't have to to play from behind again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't have to play from behind, didn't face elimination not one time in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you know, you you kind of you go through that number right, twenty four to six. That's the goal differential in closeout games. But we're talking about just six goals allowed in four closeout games. It's as much as they did phenomenal work offensively they were just as good if not better defensively in those moments and they they frankly were a juggernaut they were very very good in all those key situations and you know what they they got it done and they got it done uh in in a really tight and compact manner
0: i'm more impressed with the offensive side Th- this yeah, team can fair. keep the puck out of the net and it's uh, starting six or throw Ben Hutton in uh, seven, uh, they can they can play defense when they're focused. Uh, what, were they going to be able to score enough goals? Well, they could during the regular season, but they didn't have a 30-goal score, so could they have breakout performances? Well, they got hat-tricks in closeout games from Jonathan Marshall and Mark Stone. Yeah, uh, in, in, in two of the four, uh, pretty good Let, let's get uh, more reaction, Nick Haig, uh had an opportunity to speak with Nick uh, his uh, mom and dad were there uh, what, what a great couple dad, very superstitious incredibly superstitious <laughs> when he watches games, uh, so uh, caught up with uh, mom and dad and Nick right after the clincher
4: dad couldn't really relax, are you, are you able to relax now? I'm relaxed now, I'm so yeah. super proud this is unbelievable He's, oh man,
3: he's a Stanley Cup champion, man. Yeah. how's mom?
4: I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy. Oh, man. Oh. How
3: are you? Great. Great. This is what it's all about, right here. This
2: is my boy. This is why we
3: do it. For this, right here, this moment.
2: Oh. Oh. It hasn't
3: quite sunk in yet. It's It's gonna be a crazy couple of days here. <laughs> just letting letting this. Uh... Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Did you think you could get this emotional? I knew I was going through a little bit when I saw these guys. I'm not gonna lie. I felt like I was keeping it together okay until then, but it's it's all right here. So proud. It's all right here. What was it like when the puck went in the net? That's <laughs> a that's a shovel. Uh, it felt good. I was just praying they didn't call it back for goalie interference or something. I don't know. You never know anymore. But
1: hey, Nick, I got free coffee.
3: What? Yeah, <laughs> free coffee. That feels good. I mean, we put up nine. That was an amazing game. Got the job done. Was it heavier or lighter than you thought? Way heavier. Way heavier. My shoulder hurts a little bit right now, too. But it's still the lightest thing I've picked up. That's for sure. It feels pretty good. Thanks, buddy. Congrats. Thank you.
0: Here's the coffee explanation. <laughs> uh, in Canada, Nick's parents are from Kitchener, uh, living in Kitchener, in Canada, you you play this game with Tim Hortons, and you you pick the the goal scorers in, yeah. in every game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, mom is happy because she picked the right goal scorers last night. So she's going to get uh, free coffee for a couple of days. So nice. uh, that that's how deep goes the competitive fire burning <laughs> in the in, in the hags with with mom and dad. And remember, Nick Hag didn't play game number one this year. Yeah. He missed training camp yeah. uh, as he negotiated the new contract, and it's it's been a bit of an adventure for, for him to get through it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, the fact of the matter is you look at this team and, and what Nick Haig has, has meant to it, what he's brought to the table, there is that physicality, there was the no-nonsense understanding that if you're trying to take liberties with vegas golden knights players you're going to have to answer to nick Hague. he didn't shy away from it he set the tone in a lot of different ways in respects to uh, the physicality and you know i think that that unlocked an aspect of his game specifically in the playoffs and and what more can you say about the pairing of nick Hague and zach whitecloud they have been so good and they're so trustworthy in any situation and a big reason why the golden knights are champions
0: and say hello to dad bob uh yep. who listens to the bgk insider show all the time uh Hi talks bob. about uh, the different uh, uh conversations that we have and uh and is never misses an opportunity to listen to nick uh, when he's on so uh that's uh that's awesome stuff too uh here's brett howden who boy did he uh come of age as a national hockey leaguer this year uh first round draft pick uh tampa bay came over from the New York Rangers, uh, was injured at the front half of the year and had to get through uh, the broken foot. And he had a couple of setbacks there, came out and just before the All-Star break. And he had that moment that seemed to define yep. him or get him involved, where he stood, stepped in for King Kolasar, uh who took a bomb and, and he fought. And boy did he uh, ever find his rhythm with mark stone and chandler stevenson here is brett howden after
2: look around you yeah what what do you think about when you look around right now uh it's hard to explain i mean just uh you, you just can't even believe that uh this is happening and uh
0: there's uh, Brett Howden. Uh, we're just having a bit of an issue with the internet here in the studio. We got to get rid of that computer because I think it's that computer right there. Uh,
2: Possibly, yes. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I I think it is because I played it a couple of times on mine just to check, to double yeah. check. We were hoping that it would go through, and I played it on my phone and it's no problem. So I think it's that computer. So then just when when we're done today, take that home with you. Okay, you got my permission. Take it home with you and put it right into the bin.
2: All right. If anybody says anything,
0: it's just blaming um, it on me. I'm, no, yeah, I'm it's, writing it's, out
2: a note that says from Darren. No, 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 D- Danny, just clip this. Darren said. No, you, I told. Yeah, I'll fine. write
0: a note. Natalie was in here early. I'll write a note. I'll I'll tell it, be, and then I'll just play that back. I won't play the earlier interview. I'll play this one back and say, "Hey, uh, uh, Brett, Brett uh, from a small town in Manitoba." and uh, one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. Uh, I always go, uh, like, Zach is so polite, uh, Brett Howden. I've got this uh, great uh, connection with Alec Martinez for some reason, and there's a guy.
2: He, like,
0: <laughs> you think about what he went through with the laceration yeah. and fighting through it last year. Yep. And there's some, there's, when you're out that long, you're battling. Sure. It's yeah. like there's. It's not just a coming back from knee surgery. That was a, a fluky situation where he had uh, others, obviously, things that you had to work through with nerves and all kinds of stuff. For him to come back at the end of last year and then return to the level that we've seen him, that was extraordinary. To actually go out and win another Stanley Cup on top of the two that, yeah. that he won with the LA Kings... Like he's near the front of the line of people that you're happiest for, and guys that have won multiple times, they're usually taking a back seat because you're focused on first timers mm-hmm. or guys that have broken through in, in different uh areas.
2: Yeah, yeah, th- so
0: Alex, awesome. I,
1: I, yeah,
2: I, I mean, absolutely 100 couldn't say it better myself. Um, the, the, the ability to battle, the ability to come back, understanding. Um, what he wanted to accomplish here, and, and that was one of the big keys, right? Alec Martinez re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights because he believed in the room, he believed in the ability to win, and he understands what it takes. Based on what he was able to do and accomplish in Los Angeles, and you know, the only thing, like the only thing that that I wished for last night and and didn't see come to fruition was for Alec Martinez to get the game-winning goal. The third goal of the game by Florida screwed that up. But it would have been really interesting if nine years to the day, it would have separated two Stanley Cup-winning goals for Alec Martinez.
0: But this one was more enjoyable in the sense of he (laughs) was able to soak it up. Yes, yes. In 2014, it was in overtime, double overtime, uh, and he scored the cup-clinching goal uh, for the Los Angeles Kings. Now, nine years to the day. He scores the third goal in yep. Game Five at home. Yep. Different home, but yep. at home, uh, but it's part of a six-goal win. And it, this uh, trying to explain <laughs> this game to people is is very complicated sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah, nine, nine well, three nine three. Well, that was that was ridiculous. I, I, I and 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 I'll be honest. And I, I can I can pull-out verification for this. Um, my is my, my feeling going into the game last night was that it was going to be a game in which the Golden Knights ran away with it. I said 5-1. That was my pre-game prediction in terms of score. Um, at no point in time did I ever entertain the idea that the Golden Knights would win the game by six goals and score nine. Well, Just outside my realm of comprehension.
0: They closed out their last two series with six goal victories. hmm that doesn't happen. Yeah, they're, they're the first team ever to win multiple games by five plus goals and not lose a game by that much.
2: It's unreal.
0: So there's there's a lot. The best offense in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Aiden Hill challenged for best save percentage ever uh, through through uh, uh, 15 games in, in a Stanley Cup playoff uh, appearance. There is a lot. To, and this team also. Aiden Hill was the the guy that won eleven games, but didn't win a game in the first round. That yeah. hadn't happened before.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, along with like the performances of the Eichels and the Marchessos and the Stones and the Stevensons and the Carlsons uh, that that went through and and didn't the the defense was the defense. Yeah. It wasn't a Kale McCarr type or um, uh, a player, Eric Carlson type, running up and down the ice and, and scoring goals. They played great, solid defense.
2: Yeah, no, I mean every every facet of the game for the Golden Knights was dialed in uh, about four periods into the playoffs. And and I, you know, outside of that first game against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, you're hard pressed to find uh, two or three more games where the Golden Knights weren't pretty good, if not great, and. That, you know, that's what it takes. They were dialed mm-hmm. in. They were fantastic.
0: The first game against Winnipeg and the yeah. first period of Game 2 against yeah. Winnipeg. Yeah. Lauren Brassois kept them in that first period of Game 2, bought them some time, and they turned around. Alec Martinez showed some uh, uh, great uh, discipline, and Alex Petrangelo showed some incredible emotion uh, and near the end of that, that first period, and they were able to flip the switch, and away they went. Uh, those are your one timers brought to you by Paul Law. Uh We'll come back and wrap things up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
4: Now, back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for all the happenings on your Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: By the way, the parade will start at around 7 o'clock. That's what things will uh, get going, uh, of beginning at Flamingo and then uh, end uh, around. Nine o'clock over at uh, T-Mobile Arena, and that place was jammed last night. That that's uh, another part of the evening that uh, that was overwhelming was that crowd outside.
2: Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. Um, the crowd outside, the flyover uh, was was somewhat startling inside the building. It was so loud, um, phenomenal. I, I, I it, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the words. It's just, it's, it's such a wild experience to be in the building now for. Uh, for me, my, my second Stanley Cup final, to see it awarded both times I've been in the building is pretty awesome, but uh, nothing beats last night. That takes the cake. It's it's all-time highlight for me.
0: Was there a player or is there a player mm. where you felt extra special appreciation for that moment?
2: Ooh, um, I mean, there's so many, right? Like, I think that you look at a guy like Jack Eichel and you know, everything that, that he's gone through to get to this point at, at, that he's, he's battled through, uh, being adamant about, about taking care of his body the way that he saw fit and how that brought him to this point. And, and everything that he's gone through in his career, just the fact that he was able to not just make the playoffs for the first time, but lead the playoffs in scoring and win a Stanley Cup, it, it's, it speaks volumes. I, I've loved the way that he's played. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy for him, I'm so happy for Mark Stone. Again, the journey, understanding what he's gone through in the last year with two back surgeries and, and coming back because he didn't want to miss this, and this results in a Stanley Cup. Uh, in the original Misfits, Jonathan Marcheseau and, and William Carlson, Riley Smith, Will carry a Shea Theodore, Braden McNabb. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of stories. I, I, I feel genuinely excited and happy for every single player on that team.
4: How about Ivan
0: Barbashev and yeah. Alex Petrangelo win the first Stanley Cup in St. Louis Blues history and the yeah. first Stanley Cup in Vegas Golden Knights history. That's kind of a cool double dip for you.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they're they're winners. Uh, the trade for Ivan Barbashev is just a phenomenal one, and Alex Petrangelo, what a leader.
0: Then you factor in have somebody like Zach Whitecloud, who wasn't the best player on his team growing up. He talked about it with Keegan Kolasar, and he ends up making the National Hockey League, and now he's a Stanley Cup champion. A lot of reflection over the next couple of days as we lead into the parade on Saturday night on The Strip. Thanks for listening to the VGK Insider Show, home of the 2023 Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights.